0: Odyssey Exploration and Research, Episode 1, Europa. Private Journal of Amy Cole, Day 1. The Argus 3 landed on Europa this morning. Well, this morning according to the timekeeping devices on the ship. Not this morning if you're looking at sunlight. I haven't had a chance to catch more than a glimpse of the moon's surface, but it is not inviting. A gray and gloomy halo of ice around the research base fading away into a deep black void. At least the stars are beautiful. Most of the crew, 183 all told, spent the journey in cryo-sleep. The base was set up by another mission, unmanned, weeks before we arrived. There's dust everywhere. We're lucky there are no spiders in space. We spent several hours waiting for the security and mechanic crews to declare the area safe for human habitation before we moved in. It was a long, dull stretch of time, made even longer by the knowledge that if something was wrong with the base, our chances of survival would be slim. The lab is nice for a space base on a frozen moon millions of miles from home. It's very white and clean, well-lit. There are no windows, but there are plenty of viewing screens. Many masquerade behind screensavers showing lush mountain views and glittering streams. The quality is perfect, but they're not convincing. My team spent most of the day unboxing equipment and setting it up to our standards. It's all top of the line, cutting edge. I haven't handled equipment so nice since university. And the school was given a grant to open a new research lab, and we got to use it to study the migratory patterns of skates. It seems my research has always been drawn towards the ocean, though that is entirely due to coincidence. I first became interested in botany when I learned that trees could communicate with each other. That thought captured my imagination. I just like to understand things. Working for Odyssey Exploration and Research is an interesting change of pace from working in the public sector. Our benefactor is generous. Cam, uh, that's Cameron Arden, and Sasha, both of whom have worked with me for years on far less well funded ventures, were over the moon, um, pardon the pun, about their stations. Marion and Jody have been in private research for longer than we have, and have worked for Odyssey Exploration and Research before, so they didn't seem phased. Wilson was just pleased to be here, which is fair. I still remember my first job as an assistant. It wasn't so long ago, really, especially for someone in my position. I'm young for this job. That first expedition, setting up the lab in the ragged remains of the jungle, was so exciting. Everything was fresh and new and thrilling. It didn't take me long to realize field research, especially in controlled bases, is not fast-paced. It took me just slightly longer to realize that being a research assistant largely consists of fetching coffee and lunch for tired higher-ups, ferrying files back and forth, or just standing and holding things. Poor kid. He'll learn soon. concerned about him. I've read his CV and it's impressive. His graduating thesis is very well done, but in person he's slow and a bit awkward. I'm worried the rest of the team will eat him alive. Jody seems to like him though, and Jody, well, to be honest, she intimidates me a bit. She's a nice woman, really, but I get the feeling she could snap me in half. I'm not weak, per se. As I said, I've spent several years slogging through a jungle, and after that experience, I learned that it pays off to be fit, however sedentary lab work can be. But Jodi is the kind of strong I've only seen in marble statues and old Renaissance paintings. Not unusually tall, just a few more inches than me. Anyone too tall couldn't come, they wouldn't fit in the sub. And she's not all that broad, but when she stands, she towers. It's impressive, and it's part of why she's on the team. She's a brilliant analyst, and our own personal security, separate from the ship's crew. The submarine can only take so many, after all. I don't know what one person, no matter how strong, can do against miles of ocean and thousands of pounds of pressure, but even so, her presence is reassuring. I handpicked this team myself. All of the applicants were approved first by OER and then by the captain and first mate, Allard, but I had the final say. Sasha and Cam I trust with my life, and they have in fact saved it before, or, or at least my pride. We've been working together since shortly after graduating. Cam was in my class, though he's officially a cartographer with a minor in marine science. Sasha joined us a bit later on a project researching the dwindling population of sharks on the Australian coast. She's a zoologist, and one of the most singularly compassionate people I've ever met. She cried when one of the sharks we'd tagged was killed by a propeller. I like them both immensely. They're two of my closest friends in the world, so when they were approved for the mission, we were all overjoyed. Marion I knew from reputation, not particularly brave or daring, and a bit brusque, but highly efficient and very skilled, equally adept at patching up people and animals. She's an accomplished chemist, too. She and Jody were a packaged deal, and I'm happy to have them both. I like them well enough, Jody more so than Marion, although I think that may be because Marion is half-convinced we're all idiots who are going to die within the week. Maybe she'll warm up when research truly begins. I know people like that, the cold types who seem off-putting until you put data under their nose or prove you're not an incompetent. Then they light up. We're going on our first dive tomorrow, and I know the team can't wait. I am not so excited as a bit of a claustrophobe myself, but it's what I signed up for and I'm the team leader. In the future, I can stay behind and watch over the observation screens, but on the first dive, I have to go. The idea of sinking below the ice sends a chill down my spine. We're not sure what we're trying to find, honestly, but many theorists think that there's life below the surface of Europa's frozen ocean, miles and miles beneath. I don't know if it's true. I hope so, very much or else this is going to be a boring few years. The OER gave us a rather vague objective, I'm afraid. It really is just research and exploration. Maybe they're looking for a medical breakthrough. That's pretty common. Maybe they're just curious and have too much money to throw around. I don't think they're planning a colony. It seems outside of their scope, and frankly, I don't think Europa is the best place for it. It's... Not exactly welcoming. From what I've seen of it, which isn't that much, the surface is bleak. The base is pleasant enough, but utilitarian in structure. There is no wasted space in its design. Typical of far-flung research structures, as far as I can tell. I've never been so far from home before. Most of my research took place on Earth. I'm a botanist, so the only planets that hold interest for me are ones with flora to study. I don't know if we'll find any plants. I have no idea how deep the ocean below us is. No one does. There may not be any plants at all on this whole moon. Though for me, it's difficult to wrap my head around an ecosystem without plants of some kind. After all, we rely on them for the air we breathe and the food we eat. It's theoretically possible, as plants are just differently structured cells, and who's to say that life on any planet, or moon as the case may be, is even passingly similar to life on Earth? Admittedly, it's weird that I'm leading an expedition to a frozen planet. Originally, the mission was Dr. Priyanka Anand's baby, but the contract for her team fell through. I don't know why. Maisie and I have been friends for a long time, and OER really didn't want to cancel the project so late in the game, so she called me. My team was pulled on board a bit hastily, but we're figuring it out. Anyway, the base is big for a crew less than 200. Some of the bunks aren't taken. I have a cabin to myself. It's the first time I've lived alone. It's very cold here. Not freezing, nothing dangerous, the base is insulated, but I suppose it's a losing battle. Heater versus the vastness of frozen space, it's not hard to guess who'll win. I can hear them running full pelt, a low, gurgling grumble from below, but I still have to wear my jacket everywhere and sometimes I can see my breath. My shower keeps going cold. I think there may also be a problem with the electric mains. Sometimes the lights flicker and the computers glitch. I've told Maisie, and she sent some mechanics to check it out. The generators are housed in a shed a few yards from the main base. Something about efficiency and heat, or whatever. The lines are buried deep under the ice. It seems odd to me. Not dangerous, per se. Maisie insists that it's safer to keep them out of the main base, and she's the captain, so... But the surface of the moon is freezing, quite literally, and I don't envy the mechanic team that has to go over there. I don't consider myself a coward, but the idea of stepping onto the surface sends my hands shaking. I can't help but wonder what would kill them first if something went wrong. Would they suffocate or freeze? I don't know, and I don't want to. I try not to think about it, though sometimes it keeps me up at night. Even so, I'm glad we're finally here. It's nice to eat real food again and sleep in a proper bed, however cold this place is. We spent a month conscious in the ship before bedding down. It's not that the food was bad, but it's not real food, and it's always too salty. The kitchen staff is pretty small, but they're professionals. It's not... Gourmet cooking, but it's hot and fresh. It had been a while since I'd had a vegetable that wasn't mush, and I missed tea. There's a skylight in the canteen. It spans the whole room, one of the few indulgences in the base. It's a lattice of solid black metal and what looks like glass but can't be. I don't know what it's really made of something thick and clear, faintly shining. I can see the sky beyond. I've been told that, depending on our rotation, we can see Jupiter. I've yet to witness that myself, but I could see the stars from my seat. It makes you feel small and fragile, a tiny spark of life clinging to the skin of a rock that is perfectly designed to kill you. It presses down somehow, like a weight. But it's gorgeous. The atmosphere distorts the sky, swirling and shining. The stars glitter above, so close that it feels like I could reach out and grab one. The atmosphere is mostly oxygen and quite thin. When people hear that it's oxygen, they think that it may not be so deadly, forgetting that Earth's atmosphere is actually mostly nitrogen. Europa's surface is perfectly fatal. It isn't safe for human habitation. I say that while standing on the surface of that very moon, only protected by a flimsy metal shell. If that glass, or whatever it is, cracks, then chances are I'm a dead woman. There are airlocks in place, backups, seals, desperate attempts to fight back an uncaring universe. But none of them are foolproof. For all the dangerous things I've done, this is the closest to death I've ever been. It's a chilling thought the kind that lodges itself in the back of your neck and doesn't let go, like a leech. And yet I sat there, under that strange sky, seeing new constellations, and I drank tea. And even though I felt afraid, I laughed at one of Cam's dumb jokes. After thirty minutes, I almost forgot how tenuous my continued existence here is. Most of the time, it's easy to ignore. Isn't that strange? Death pressing in on all sides, and you forget. Most of the time. I can't deny that this place creeps me out a bit. I don't think I'm paranoid or overly cautious. I've actually been scolded many times for my recklessness. Fear and I are old friends, and I seldom listen to its warnings. But this is my first space voyage. I've done research in plenty of deadly places before. Under oceans, in jungles, on mountains. But nowhere like this. Nowhere quite so hostile to me. Nowhere I'm so utterly and completely not meant to be. It's frightening, but thrilling, too. That quiet thrum of danger and the promise of discovery, dancing just out of reach. A need to know grips my mind, the curiosity that made me a scientist to begin with. I look forward to the dive tomorrow. I... Damn it. Sasha? Sasha, did you turn the lights off? Signing off, Amy Cole. Thank you for listening to Odyssey Exploration and Research. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to rate and review, and tell a friend. You can tweet about us on Twitter with the hashtag OERpodcast. All the music and sounds in the program were provided by Tabletop Audio. This show was written, narrated, and produced by Lucy Marshall.